In times of great stress or adversity, it's always best to keep busy, to plow your anger and energy into something positive. Lee Iacocca. Hey, my name is Zach, and this is the Plaid Jacket Philosopher, the podcast for tradespeople and the blue-collar middle class. I'm open to punch a few holes in the stereotypes that surround blue-collar workers and hopefully share a lot of the stories behind how we got into our line of work and the honest joy you can get from working outside of the office space. The plan is to mix in interviews as well as some solo stories from job sites, fatherhood, and personal experiences that led me to where I am today. Some will be funny, some will be personal, but hopefully any and all content here can help broaden what your opinion is of the blue-collar middle class. Hey, hey, welcome back to another week. Um, I'm going to start this episode off with a couple of podcast recommendations, and then probably halfway through, I'll get to another chunk of podcast recommendations, just so it doesn't end up to this big five to 10 minute chunk. Uh, Nobody wants to listen to five minutes of that. So anyway, uh, a few little clips or information bites about podcasts because I you know maybe this is inside baseball but I get the the emails from my podcast hosting site at least once a month just regarding how many podcasts there are out there and I believe it's upwards of around 2.5 million now and we're all familiar with probably the biggest 10 to 20 podcasts out there but so I'm not going to shout them out because (laughs) quite frankly they don't need me and you know, it's uh, I'm sure they appreciate your listens, but not like some of these other podcasts that I'm about to recommend. Will, uh, when you're a small podcaster, much like this one, you know, I notice when there's upticks in downloads. I notice when I'm getting new downloads or new followers. It's it's huge, right? It really helps drive the show. It helps motivate me to to next week and the week after that. And so I I just figured I'd spread the love a little bit because, you know. The one thing I really like about the this kind of amateur podcasting community is that there's no sense of competition. You know, like people have an ear or, you know, they'll they'll listen to so many different styles of podcasts. There isn't really a, a sense of competition here. It's just, you know, we're all trying to spread the love a little bit and it's it's pretty cool. It's kind of cool to get linked into this community and just you know, <laughs> interact with these different people who all, you know, we all have different shows, we all have different tastes. Uh, but I mean, even you'll see in my recommendations here, they they vary wildly. So anyway, these guys are really going to appreciate the listens, they'll notice it. And yeah, the other bonus about smaller podcasts is that if you interact with the show, they're going to interact back to you. You know, it's not just talking to a wall or yelling into a void if you're going to try to contact one of those big podcasters out there it's you're never going to get any feedback but with these guys you will so in no particular order here's the first couple of them uh first is canceled for maintenance we've done a crossover episode i'm sure you've heard them before but they're great they're an aircraft mechanic podcast and but more than that they're they're just applicable to you know blue collar trades life like if you like this show i can almost guarantee you're going to be able to glean some knowledge and some information off those three so Definitely check them out. That's canceled for maintenance. Next is Next on Stage One. They've been described as a social media menace, and they are. They uh, they're killing it in the social media game. You know, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, you name it. They've got a presence, and they're they're amazing as far as spreading the love that way. Like I'm not very active on social media. I get more downloads here than I do interactions online. So I figure the most efficient way for me to to mention or spread love is through an episode so check out next on stage one that's pixie and mr j they're incredible it's a cool combination and they're they're two ex-strippers but it kind of it humanizes what we may kind of consider as the darker or seedier underbelly of entertainment it's an amazing podcast 
Next is the Dokio podcast. That's D-O-K-E-O. And that's Ed from that show. And we actually recorded a conversation here a couple of weeks ago that's going to be released soon. It's just, you know, I like to stagger these solo and then conversational, solo, conversational. You know, I've gone over that before. Yawn. Anyway, uh, his podcast is amazing. He actually interviews real philosophers. I know. It's incredible. Um, You know, guys who are professors or who have written papers, books, whatever it may be. It's incredible. You can really kind of learn a lot of knowledge. And he's, I think he's out based out of Scotland now. But so, you know, kind of gives that international flair too. They they all sound smarter that way. So definitely give Ed a listen at the Docio podcast. And next, my last one for this first chunk of podcast recommendations is going to be Mark from Hey Mark. You've heard him on my show three times. If you want to go check out his show, I've been on his three times. They've never been crossover episodes. So all of them are standalones. They're all different topics. And he just, he has ba- great topics anyway he he typically does shorter episodes unless it's a conversational one but usually they're between 7 and 15 minutes they're little quick hitters and they're they're awesome so anyway go check out mark at hey mark check out all those guys they're really going to appreciate the listens and you know if you've heard any of them and you like that one i urge you to try the other ones out too because you know they're uh, they're all part of my regular listening routine i i love listening to them and um yeah it's just it's cool to kind of broaden your horizons and and listen to other small-time podcasters. All right, now, for the meat and potatoes of this episode, this is kind of inspired by, well, a few shitty occasions that have happened to me recently. And it's not, it's nothing life-altering. Well, that's not really true. But I'm not going to get into too much detail on the one issue that was, we had a a medical issue with uh, my youngest son. And it kind of it was my fault. I didn't replace a magnetic lock on a cabinet that we had. And anyway, he got into something that he shouldn't have. Uh, it was pretty scary. It, Yeah, I, I'm not really going to go into too much detail here, but it definitely taught me a lot of lessons as far as parenting goes. Just, you know, that, that idea of complacency. I mean, it's funny. We just talked about that in the uh, episode released last week with Ryan, but the idea that complacency kills and you know, luckily it, it didn't get to that point for, for me, but you know, you can never be complacent, especially with kids. There's something they just, <laughs> that's usually when they have a tendency to get their fingers into something or, you know, get into something that they shouldn't. And so that happened to me last week. Uh, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but it's, you know, that, that really kind of inspired this episode. And this one, I think I'm going to name it a kick in the teeth, but you know, that along with a few other things, it's just, that idea of when you get shaken up by uncertainty or shaken up by some catastrophe that just hits you out of nowhere. And obviously with my kid, that's a very serious aspect of it, but I'm going to try to break it down here into a few more uh, relatable, maybe lighter little issues that have happened and just lessons that I try to take out of them. Because to me, you've always got to be learning. I mean, again, this goes back to another discussion that I've had here. If you, if you stop learning, you start dying. That's what Kyle said. And I, I couldn't agree more. So this is kind of dealing with uncertainty or catastrophe or some unexpected event that happens in your life. And the idea that we've always got to be a little bit malleable, like you can be as rigid in your ways as you want. And I mean, like I was alluding to earlier, like we have magnetic locks around the house, we have a system that's set up pretty safely but then all of a sudden one of those breaks we don't realize it or in my case the reason why I'm so hard on myself is because I didn't replace it fast enough I did know about it and you know within within a within a matter of a day or two all of a sudden our kid got into there so 
that's where complacency can really hit you right upside the head, kick you in the teeth. So it's tough. As rigid and as well thought out of a plan as we may have for anything in life, something is always going to sidestep it and uh, just blindside us. You know, you're, you're going to get sucker punched. You're going to get something coming out of left field. And, you know, a lot of the time we just have to let it hit us. And then at that point, we're trying to react and change our course, change our direction. How do we read and how do we react to that? And that's, you know, it's tough. It's, um, I've talked about it before too, as far as referencing it to the scientific method, for example, or the idea of anti-fragility in uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb's book, which I've kind of shelved for a little bit. I'm, I'm halfway through, but I got caught up into a bunch of other books. But um, that idea that the strongest systems are things that are able to roll with the punches, are able to adapt, are able to get better almost through different trials and tribulations. And, you know, it's unavoidable. If there's one certainty in life, it's uncertainty. And uh, I mean, that sounds like a cliche. It probably is. But that idea is something that I think we should all get pretty comfortable with because it's going to happen. Like whether we like it or not, we're going to get blindsided by something. And another event that I had recently, I, uh, I got my podcast reviewed and absolutely shredded. Um, it's fine. You know, (laughs) shit happens. I don't know. I was expecting a different outcome if I'm being honest and, uh, I didn't get it. So that's, you know, that's, that's just one thing, but you know, I could look at it and my initial emotional response was anger. I mean, I think for me personally, that's my go-to. I don't really get too sad right away. I get frustrated. I get angry, usually at myself more than anything. Um, but for me, I've, I've really got to tamper that. And I've noticed that, you know, again, when I was younger, emotional outbursts, you just lose your mind, start hitting and breaking stuff. And, uh, it didn't get me anywhere. Certainly now that I've kids and people relying on me. It's just, it's not going to cut it. So, you know, I really had to swallow that, digest it, and then analyze it and see what went on and where, you know, I was, where I made the mistakes. Because obviously, the the approach or the, the analyzing of my podcast, it wasn't what I thought it would be. And that's fine. Um, but Now, how do I make that work for me? How do I make it get better? You know, if I was just emotionally responding to it, start lashing out, that doesn't get me anywhere. That just digs me into a deeper hole. So now, instead, it was a a case of, you know, pausing, analyzing, and kind of going back to square one, which is what, you know, I'm always trying to do on here. The the only way you can really grow is when you get, you know, your your preconceptions, your, your ideas broken down a little bit, again, kicked in, beaten down, and you've got to, you've got to kind of rebuild out of the ashes. And that's something I really appreciate. I like that idea. I like that message. You know, it's again, it's, it's so many guests that I've had on here, you know, from Marshall going, being homeless, uh, and, and being a first time father, they were living in their car to, to building themselves up to where they are now. I mean, they just bought a brand new SUV. They're doing amazing. They've got their fourth kid. Like, it's incredible hearing stories like that, or Dustin going from a a spinal injury to now, you know, attempting to to play golf for Paragolf Canada. Like that's that's incredible. Those kind of stories where people can rebuild themselves out of catastrophic events or situations. It's something inspiring. It's probably my favorite part of humanity. And you know, I don't think it gets well. It does get covered actually a bit in in media. But if there's one thing that people like more than you know the comeback story, it's tearing people down. So that usually tends to dominate headlines. But 
I really like the comeback stories. I really like how hearing how people overcome just wild sets of adversity. So anyway, that's that's obviously on the serious end of it. Now I'm going to break it down into something stupid that I had last week, and this was in a hockey game. Uh, I play goalie, so I'm out there the whole game, you know, unless I get pulled, although being in men's league, there's only one goalie. So <laughs> I could get lit up all game and I'm still staying in net, which you know, is actually a detriment a lot of the time. But anyway, what I had last week in our team is undefeated. We've been rolling through this league pretty well. Uh, but last week we got complacent. I mean, that that's really, I don't know how else to say it. We sat back on our laurels, figured that we were going to dominate this team, and they just took it to us. They, they broke the door down. They were dominating us for the whole first period. I got lit up. Like, we were, we were in the dumps. We weren't doing well at all. And the one thing that I tried to keep in my mind, and again, this is just, this is the way I try to approach life in general, but I was trying to analyze, you know, how they were scoring, what their different plays were, what the the strategy was, how they were entering the zone, the different passing plays, like what angles of attack they were taking. And the biggest key to me was to learn from each of those situations. And again, so in the, after the first period, we were down, I don't know, we were down pretty good. It was something like 5-2 or something. And that's obviously a high scoring. That's not something I'm very proud of for my numbers, but we were getting our teeth kicked in. And then second half rolls around. Oh, sorry. Yeah. In men's league for the summer league, just to keep it shorter, rather than the three periods, like in NHL hockey or any pro hockey in the summer league, we just do two halves at 25 minutes. So gets the game going a little bit faster. Anyway, second half, we come out you know, pretty timid at the beginning, but they started taking it to us again. And I was making better reads. I was making better calls on the play and I could I could see what was happening before they before they made their way into the back of the net behind me because I had seen these before and I started to adapt started to adjust change my angles change the the way that I was approaching the plays and it started to pay off all of a sudden you know we got a few saves got a few saves and then we put one in the other net and that's all it took from there it the the route was on like we ended up just pouring it on in the second half, winning the game. We're still undefeated on the season. But the lessons that I try to take, and again, being a goalie, it's a little bit different. You're really on an island. It's I, I imagine it's much like the quarterback in football or, yeah, the quarterback in football. <laughs> I can't really think of anything else right now. But when you're when you're alone like that in a position, like you've got to make changes on the fly. You've got to be able to adapt. You've got to you've got to make changes to your own game because yes, you're in a team game, but you know, there, there's something unique about the position you're playing. So I ended up adapting my play just based off of the absolute shit kicking that I took in the first half. And that ended up being enough to kind of turn the tide. And then we started to take over the game. So that that's, again, it's a really lame way to look at it. Well, I don't think it's a lame way to look at it, but it's a lame example, you know, because there are no real repercussions. If I lose a beer league hockey game, it's, you know, it's no skin off my back. It, it doesn't really matter, but it's the mindset that goes into all these different things. And I try to pull as much of that out as I can and then blab about it on this podcast weekly. So I think, but I think there's a lot to that. The idea that when you're getting the shit kicked out of you, Try to take whatever lessons you can from that because all it's going to do is prevent the next shit kicking. And, you know, it. that's a pretty crude way of explaining it. But in, in blue collar world, in, you know, in just general life, I think that's something that everybody can appreciate and understand. 
And it's important when, you know, when you do feel like you're just under siege and nothing's going right and nothing's happening, like rather than getting lost in it emotionally and starting to really lose control of yourself, like that's the one thing that you always have control of, you know. One of the the biggest things that David had spoken about in uh, Why the Individual, I can't remember the podcast episode number off top of my head, but uh, was responsibility. And that's, you know, the ability to respond. And that's something that is so incredibly important to keep in mind and why it's important not to let your emotions really get the better of you in those situations. Um, try to break it down, analyze it, and see how you can respond to it. See what you can do to start to dig your way out of that hole. But the only way to do that is if you're able to keep under control. And that's something that, again, I struggled with as a young guy. I think a lot of people struggle with when they're younger. And, you know, to any of you guys, if you're going through, if you're going through hell right now, just keep on fighting, you know, try to glean what any, whatever lessons you can out of the struggles that you're going through now, because you're, they're just going to, you're going to add them to your toolkit, to your tool belt, and you're going to know how to break your way out of these situations again in the future. And now hitting you mid roll with some more podcast recommendations. That's right. I'm getting better at this. I'm getting sneakier. I'm trying to keep your attention for longer. So this next chunk of podcast recommendations, they're all kind of the comedy podcasts that I listen to. I mean, you know, if uh, I've recommended podcasts before, and as you've probably noticed, a lot of them are comedy. That's what I like to listen to while I'm working. I like to listen to something that keeps it light, you know, boosts my mood while I'm doing some shitty job or <laughs> something that'll take my mind off the monotony of whatever task I'm on. So these three in no particular order, again, uh, amazing, smaller comedy podcasts. So the first one here is the Randomness Podcast. That's Kevin and Matt. You know, as the title suggests, it's pretty random and it's pretty dumb comedy. I love it. Like, it's incredible. The, about the only <laughs> about the only structured thing that they will do week in and week out is their $100 ideas, which are hilarious. But anyway, check those guys out. It's again, the Randomness Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B-N-E-S-S. Um, I couldn't recommend them more. They're great guys. And now the next podcast recommendation, again, a comedy one, a comedy duo. I think it's uh, Sanchez and El Dorado. They are hilarious. This is the happy hour news team. And these guys, you know, <laughs> I, the chemistry between Kevin and Matt on the randomness podcast may only be rivaled by the chemistry between these two on happy hour news team. Like they bounce off each other incredibly. It's hilarious. Like I, I can't recommend them enough. They basically read the most random and obscure news stories from whatever every week and they just discuss them and it's amazing like they've always got a florida man story in there so you're guaranteed some level of craziness but the other ones they're all nuts they're all just things you you can't imagine are actually out there but they're incredible so give them a listen and then finally uh matt from the fumbled penis podcast i mean you've heard me recommend him plenty of times over the course of my uh my podcasting journey i guess you want to say it but uh he's hilarious uh jesus like I, I don't know what what else to say about that podcast if you have heard it you know exactly what i'm talking about and you'll probably struggle to put into words um a precise explanation for it and if you haven't i don't know how to really tease it for you but listen to it it is hilarious but keep in mind it is definitely marked e for explicit so if you're easily offended don't bother but it is hilarious i could not recommend it enough that's again the fumbled penis podcast so again after that chunk of comedy podcasts and going back to our 
theme of a kick in the teeth. You know, one thing that I relate this to again is, you know, stand-up comedy. I mean, I'm a big fan, like I've said, of comedy, of stand-up comedy. And, you know, I, my wife and I, we tend to go to stand-up shows every year, a number of them. But obviously, this last year and a half, haven't seen shit. So hopefully, they start rolling through again. But, you know, the idea of testing out jokes, you know, like stand-up comedians, they have to test jokes in front of a live audience. And when those bomb, like they bomb hard. Like you can hear them tell stories about it. And it's incredible to have kind of the guts to go up there and just be willing to face failure voluntarily which is a lot more than luckily most of us will ever have to do. But if you can, if there's any way, like, you know, I mean, I like to I like to test myself at work, try to do something that I've never done before. Uh, a lot of the time I'm spending time Googling or asking questions for other people, looking up installation manuals. But that when you're really putting yourself out there, trying to test something new that you've never done, knowing that failure is a very realistic option, you just learn so many lessons about, you know, how to approach these things, how to how to take the emotion out of it and how to analyze it, you know, analytically. Duh, that seems like, uh, that seems redundant to me. Anyway, um, but there's something about that and just the idea of voluntarily facing the possibility of failure as well. I mean, it's something that I don't do enough, but, you know, I mean, even this podcast for for an example, like, you know, this, when I started, I had no idea. I still barely have any idea. I'm going week to week, but you know, the, the topics come to me and I still have a blast doing it. Some weeks are received better than others and some not so much, but it's again, it's all a learning curve. And it is, you know, me trying to test myself with a little bit of voluntary exposure to failure. It, it hurts sometimes it sucks, but at the same time, it's, I feel like it's sharpening me. It's making me better. So that's another thing to keep in mind is if you can really try to broaden your, your experience, you know, even if that means rubbing right up against the possibility of failure, do it. That's how you're going to get better. That's how you're going to really sharpen your skills and burn off the the stuff that doesn't need to be there anymore. You've got to really get close to the fire if you want to really get better to sharpen yourself. Again, redundancy. I don't know what that's going to be the name of the or the the theme of this podcast might as well be. So again, work on being better. Another thing is the idea of 10,000 hours. I've talked about it before on here, Malcolm Gladwell. That's kind of how I'm roughly keeping track of the podcast. I don't expect to be a pro. You know, I've, I've said that a number of times, even with electrical. Electrical is probably, well, the only thing that I get paid to do. So it's the only thing I'm a professional at. And my hours in that are well over 10,000. So, you know, that's, that's how I really approach just about anything in life. Uh, the most fun thing is learning, uh, mastering something. You know, I mean... Now, I guess you could say that, I mean, my job title is Master Electrician. I wouldn't say that I'm, I've am i mastered everything by any means because the field evolves so quickly. But, you know, you do get to a point where you've got a pretty good grasp on it. And honestly, that's where things start to get a little bit stale sometimes. So that's part of the inspiration of, you know, starting this podcast, doing something that I could very realistically fail at repeatedly. And, you know, it's it's another opportunity to learn, to grow. So, don't ever be afraid of that and realize that you're not going to be great at something when you first start it. It's going to take, you know, 10,000 hours to really master something. So take your time, go through it thoroughly, and don't worry about the little bits of failure along the way. So I just realized I'm 20 plus minutes in and I've never, I haven't actually made a direct relation to work yet. Um, so 
one of the the biggest ones you know at this stage in the game is now when you're handing over a project to be inspected uh that's a lot of the time that's by regional or city inspectors that we're dealing with uh, a lot of the time it comes down to you know service upgrades that we're doing or if we complete a construction project we have to hand it over to get inspected make sure everything is good before you know the walls get closed up or you know the the boarding is all done the the enclosure is sealed right so that's that's that can be rough i mean especially sometimes in my situation because you don't necessarily know every single aspect that went on the job right you're overseeing some things i mean i still have my hands on a lot of the project but sometimes you turn stuff over to to other guys to work on and you don't know 100 percent, but you know you trust them you know what's going on and then the inspection rolls through and that can be a pretty difficult time sometimes especially when you do get that fail when you got you know you've got a, a work order that you have to complete before it will pass inspection it's not the easiest thing to go through it's uh it's again it's it's dealing with criticism right even if it's not directly at you even if there is no malevolent aspect to the criticism it's just you know this it was analyzed it was looked at and it failed it didn't meet today's code standards and you know that again it sucks because as a tradesperson, somebody who takes pride in their work, that does hit me emotionally. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm trying to think the last time I failed something, it was, well, it was in the last couple months anyway. Um, and, you know, it's just, you do get angry. It's really hard to avoid that initial emotional response. That's the one thing that, again, it's it's always a work in progress for me, but that's what I'm working on, is trying to not, just try to not let that emotional response ever be shown publicly like i don't say anything i don't even i try to keep a poker face through all of it try try to internalize it swallow it and then really analyze what was causing that and that's again that's my own thing but you know at work when you're dealing with something if you're dealing with your quality control or dealing with an inspector and you know they they pick something out just keep in mind view that as a learning experience they're not picking that out because they hate you and i mean if they are that's a you know that's a bad inspector or a bad qc guy but you know take that up with somebody else but for the most part they're just doing it because it has to be safe it has to be functional it has to work so use it as a learning mm, you know a learning experience something that that can teach you something something that can hone your craft make you better so that you don't make that mistake again in the future and that's not ever my initial response to it so don't get me wrong i get angry right away but it's something that you got to keep in mind. Try to swallow that down, analyze it, and then just view it as what it is. It's a learning experience. It's something that's going to make you better. Again, it may feel like a kick in the teeth at the time, but it's not. And it's not aimed at you to hurt you. It's aimed at you to make you better. It's aimed at you because people's lives down the line are going to going to rely on that. You know, they may be impacted if something isn't done to today's code, isn't done to standard. So keep that in mind anytime you're, you know, you fail an inspection, you fail a QC report, that's why. And really try to view it through that lens if possible. Now, and finally, when it comes to, you know, kids, relationships, whatever it may be, I mean, I think this is, it's pretty obvious. Like for my kids, the last thing that I want them to see is an emotional outburst out of me in response to something that doesn't go my way. Uh, that's not the lesson that I want to kind of, leave on them or impress upon them it's just you know like we we've all seen those spoiled kids in the toy store or in the, the candy aisle whatever at the grocery store where they just they're losing their mind because they're told no you know and 
you know, that it's the same thing. I mean, no is a judgment call, right? So it's the same thing when you fail something. You're told, no, this isn't good enough. So, you know, you've got to tamper that emotional response, especially around kids. I mean, my I've got four boys. If I would be lying if I said that they did not test my patients, if not daily, then at least weekly. Like they, you know, they know the buttons to push and they're constantly doing it. They're trying to set their boundaries, figure out, what they you know what parameters they can work in and that's all part of being a kid it doesn't take away the human element of being a parent and uh, again my my immediate emotional response usually flips to anger before I can analyze it and then break it down so again it's just it's a it's a constant it's a constant thought process for me it's an internal battle I guess to to make sure that that doesn't show that I instead you know analyze it talk to them calmly explain to them what they're doing wrong I'm uh, I'm in no way 100% perfect on that. I fail, well, weekly for sure. But, you know, it's it's all part of a learning curve. And as long as I'm doing better than last week, then I'm, I'm pretty happy. And that, again, goes to relationships, obviously. If you're going to have, you know, if you're going to have an emotional outburst at every single little thing that goes wrong in a relationship, you're going to blow up every single relationship you're ever going to get into because that's just, that's not how it works. So keep that in mind. Again, if there's one thing that I can kind of, leave with you after this week's episode again it just it's been a couple weeks of getting repeatedly kicked in the teeth and it it's happened you know uh at in my family life in the podcast in hockey at work it just you know it's been one of those months one of those string of weeks i don't know what else to say but it's uh it's good all i can view is that this is good this is going to be a learning experience for me it's going to sharpen my game hone my skills and hopefully moving forward, things will be a lot better. So again, so that's one thing to take from this. The other one is try not to let that emotional outburst really ever publicly get out of you. Keep it internalized. Uh, keep it in there long enough that you can analyze it. And usually by doing that, you end up calming yourself down because you really break down what's bugging you. It's usually not specifically what event triggered it. It's something else. And you can usually, for me anyway, I can usually trace it back to something that I did or didn't do in the case of work where I will fail an inspection or whatever. So just keep that in mind. It, uh, it'll it help you in your relationships. It'll help you at work. It'll help you get better. And it'll help you, you know, not just go into a tailspin and start to spin out of control. It really helps you get control of it. Again, responsibility, the ability to respond. Keep that in mind. Something that Again, since talking to David, it's really stuck in my head and it's something that I'm going to continue carrying forward with me from here on out. So that's it for today, guys. I uh, I really appreciate you stopping in. And again, check out those podcasts. I'm just going to quickly list off the names of them again. Sorry, I'm sure that you guys have, uh, uh, have heard enough as far as breakdowns of them, but it's the Fumbled Penis Podcast, Happy Hour News Team Podcast, Randomness Podcast, Hey Mark, Docio Podcast, Cancelled for Maintenance, and Next on Stage 1. Again, those guys will all really appreciate it. Show them some love. Give them some downloads. And uh, again, you can really make a difference in these smaller podcasters, audiences, and outreach. All right, everyone. That's it for today. I hope you found some value in this week's episode. If you did and are interested in more content like this, please rate, review, subscribe, and recommend the podcast to a friend. I really appreciate all the feedback you've given me to this point and look forward to hearing from you again. As always, the podcast page is The Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Facebook, at Jacket Plaid on Twitter, and at Plaid Jacket Philosopher on Instagram. That concludes this week's episode. Thank you so much for the continued support and especially to those of you who reach out weekly with comments on each episode. 
Have a great week, and I'll talk to you all again soon.